This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, welcome and good evening. Um, Tonight on Teachers Talk Radio with The Late Late Show with me, Emily Edwards, we're going to be looking at bullet journaling and why it could be useful for teachers as they gear up into another academic year. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Teachers Talk Radio. As I said, my name is Emily Edwards. If this is your first time with me, which hopefully it shouldn't be now as this is my second show, um, I'm currently teaching secondary history as a full-time classroom teacher. I started my NQT year back when it was called an NQT in 2017, and I have an MPQML as well as experiences in middle leadership, both in temporary positions as a pastoral deputy head of sixth form and a curriculum lead for history, albeit not at the same time. Uh, I also have experience in teaching Key Stage 3 to Key Stage 5 history as well as Key Stage 5 or A-Level Politics. So with introductions having been made, tonight we're going to jump straight into it and start talking about probably an unusual question for teachers. Why do I recommend bullet journaling for teachers? What is it? What does it look like? And how can it work for you? It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centred French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. BBC News reports on GCSE results and the impact resits in English and maths could have on post-16 providers. According to figures it has published on the news website, Over 167,000 pupils in England received grade three or below in maths, whilst 172,000 failed English language. The number of pupils not achieving grade four in English language is highest for a decade. The Association of Colleges has estimated that the extra GCSE resits could cost around 16 million pounds for the year and highlighted the yo-yo effect the pandemic has had on resits making planning a huge challenge. Julie McCulloch of Education Union Askell said resits were demoralising for students and reform of English and maths qualifications was badly needed. Last year, only 20% of those retaking a maths GCSE achieved grade four or above. The BBC also reported on GCSE pass rates in England, Wales and Northern Ireland as falling. The drop was steepest in England, but in Wales and Northern Ireland, grades were always meant to be higher. Analysis on the news website also indicates that in England, the gap between regions with lowest and highest proportions of GCSE passes has grown and that state schools had a steeper fall in pass rates than in private schools. Schools Week features a story on A-level results and the widening attainment gap between North and South. According to data published on its website, the North East now has the lowest proportion of A star and A grades, lower than pre-pandemic levels, at 22%. At the same time, London and the South East have recorded the biggest rises when compared to 2019. 
Labour's shadow schools minister said the results showed the failure of the government's levelling up agenda. The article discusses a range of factors which could contribute to the disparity across the best and worst performing regions, including existing long-term deprivation exacerbated by the pandemic, food insecurity made worse by the current cost of living crisis, and more usual factors such as attendance, device access and the use of catch-up schemes. Full details can be found on the Schools Week website. The Guardian also takes a look at academic outcomes for pupils, this time through the lens of those referred to social services during childhood. It states that data suggests these pupils are twice as likely to fail GCSE maths and English than other pupils. Data from a three-year period found 53% of teens who had been referred to social care did not achieve a grade four pass in both the GCSE subjects. This is in contrast to 24% in those not subject to a referral. The analysis was carried out by the charity Action for Children. It is the first study to examine data for children with a referral rather than just those who receive support. Around 318,000 children a year are referred to social care, although many do not meet thresholds to receive support. The Guardian also featured comments from school leaders on the impact high levels of absence and poor mental health of pupils have had on outcomes for some. Many cited a lack of formal support for pupils and their families, contributing to further strains on school staff, as they tried to plug gaps usually filled by other services, such as social care and the NHS. Following on from its examination of regional disparity in academic outcomes across different regions, Schools Week also reports on proposals for elite six forms being given the go-ahead. The Eton Star 16-19 to 19 Free Schools, a collaboration between Eton College and Star Academies, will open in Dudley, Teesside and Oldham. This is part of the 15 new free schools announced by government in the last week. The aim is to improve education standards and get more pupils from the North and Midlands to Oxbridge. The Sixth Form Colleges Association has, however, warned that more sixth forms could lead to existing high-performing provision being unnecessarily disrupted. Eton College will provide financial and extracurricular support through its partnership with STAR. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan commented on the 15 new schools saying, we want to make more good school places available to families. The 15 schools also include two new university technology colleges, the first to be approved in five years, and a Brit School North to be opened in Bradford. The sixth form sector has reacted to the new plan, saying that in the 55 education investment areas, there are already enough colleges and school sixth forms in the areas to meet need. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. Right then, so welcome back. Looking at uh, our first section tonight, kind of jumping into the basics of uh, bullet journaling, we're going to be looking at the fundamentals. So with September just around the corner and teachers online kind of starting to ramp up discussions of back to work jobs, different ideas they've got for the new academic year and how to kind of make the most of that start. I thought it'd be the perfect time uh, tonight to discuss kind of a challenger to the traditional teacher planner, which is the bullet journal. So first big question, um, what is bullet journaling? Well, bullet journaling is a customizable organization system uh, that was invented by Ryder Carroll kind of informally in 2007 by um, his own words, and then more formally uh, in 2013. So the idea is that it's a method to, and I quote Ryder Carroll here, to track the past, organize the present, and plan for the future. Now that sounds kind of pretty out there, pretty um, kind of thought-based rather than practical-based, but actually at its most basic form, it was originally designed um, by creating this collection of spreads or layouts, uh, like calendar pages, daily to-do lists, index pages, and whatever the user needed, and was kind of using separately in lots of different formats, putting it all together in kind of an A5 paper journal, and by combining these elements of to-do lists, diaries, planners, it's meant to be a system to help people organize their life and reduce the mental load of kind of a busy lifestyle. And if that doesn't kind of encapsulate a teacher's life of somebody with a very busy lifestyle and a high mental workload, I don't think I know what does. So 
for teachers, I think this can be a really useful personalized tool where we can adapt this to our needs and therefore be more useful than uh, traditional notebooks or planners, which are kind of more generic because they have to cater to lots of different lifestyle choices, jobs, and obviously different types of people and how they want to organize things. So it's called bullet journaling because Ryder Carroll split the system into two sections, the bullet point side where it comes into the to-do list and the journaling side of it, which is the kind of secret extra bonus that not obviously a lot of planners uh, will have. The bullet points were used originally to signify tasks. So square checklist box, uh, boxes were used for general tasks that you would in a to-do list. Events would be symbolized with kind of an empty circle and the name of the event next to it. And then notes would be kind of a filled in circle or dot, and then the note would be written next to it. The idea of separating out um, obviously these different elements of a person's life, but still keeping it in one place, being kind of the more practical side of it on a day-to-day -day basis. But the journaling side of it actually uh, allowed a person to reflect, not just day to day, but week to week or month to month. And so therefore there'd be this review, this regular review where people could reflect, kind of celebrate the daily wins or celebrate the weekly wins, cross off kind of those irrelevant tasks that's put on the to-do list, never gets done. Nobody cares it gets done or not, which I'm sure we can all think of one or two jobs like that on our own to-do list these days. and also migrating the necessary tasks that may have been unfinished. So if an event uh, has been delayed and you need to do extra tasks along with it, or for example, it's a regular thing that you've skipped one uh, week or one month, but does need to get done, you have the time and the ability to reflect to be able to make those choices. And that's obviously something very unique to this kind of system. So in theory, and for many people in practice, uh, not just obviously in the UK, but around the world, this was such a vast improvement on writing lots of to-do lists, on post-it notes, or having uh, pages and pages of kind of a normal tracker or journal that don't really get reviewed, as well as um, having an improvement on calendars or reminders that kind of are filled in once and then quickly kind of forgotten because it's put in a place where people aren't regularly reviewing and having a look. So today, we obviously have a bit of a choice. If you prefer that very simplified Ryder Carroll approach, uh, he does actually have a YouTube video that kind of reflects on that and it's still available uh, all the way back from his 2013 days. But also today, we're going to be looking at how we can adapt this and change this uh, and use the nature of this system being very personalized to our own advantage. So that way we don't have to just use the system that Ryder Carroll created nearly a decade ago now, but we can adapt it to make it something that works for us. So, big question, now that we know the basics of what is bullet journaling and what does it look like, why did I get into it? How did I kind of stumble into this? Well, I'll be honest, it started over five years ago, uh, whilst I was still a new teacher. So I was taking any ideas I could find. I was kind of a magpie for these ideas. Still am to some extent. And when I was browsing YouTube uh, for different ideas, seeing what was out there, the algorithm led me to some YouTube videos with creators who were showing off these beautifully decorated kind of monthly and weekly uh, spreads or layouts. And the second I saw them, I knew they wouldn't be fully practical for a teacher because the boxes were very, very small, but it looked like such a fun way to improve upon my to-do lists and to be uh, kind of a creative element outside of the classroom whilst not having to deal with 101 bits of paper for a one-off kind of overly ambitious lesson task. I could fulfill that creative outlet somewhere else with this new bullet journal idea and keep that kind of educational fad in the bin. Although if you do have other examples of educational fads that you kind of saw online, jumped into and then realized it was more trouble than it was worth, please do put those into the chat. It would be nice to know I wasn't alone back in uh, was it 2017 now, about five years ago. So what I loved about bullet journaling was that it allowed me to take my love of being organized and having lots of to-do lists um, and transform into something that was actually useful for me and a really productive way of managing my time and being more reflective with how I was spending that time and where I could allocate it uh, to something more beneficial for my career or simply just for me outside of school as well. 
So over the years, I've experimented with lots of different layouts or spreads as they're known, and we'll get into the technical terminology later on today, don't you worry. Uh, I've looked at minimalistic designs, over-the-top decorations and doodling. I've experimented with digital journaling, changed different kind of paper thicknesses for different styles. You name it, I've given it a go. And what I wanted to do tonight was to take all that experience and distill it into what I believe could be a great set of ideas for teachers who, like myself, can get a bit overwhelmed with the 101 tasks a teacher is expected to do and to try and make the day-to-day -day life for teachers a bit more manageable by trying out a different system. After all, bullet journaling is aimed at anyone looking for a more flexible system to manage their tasks, events, notes, and ideas. And I think it's particularly popular amongst those who among us haven't found traditional planners, digital or paperback, very effective. They've been effective, so kind of the calmer periods of teaching, but when everything else is kind of thrown at you and you've got a lot to juggle uh, inside or outside of school, I felt that those traditional systems have kind of let me down. So let's jump into, into our creative uh, elements of it all. And what do we need to get started? So at its most basic, all you need is a notebook and pen. So many enthusiasts like myself have kind of developed our own style on top of the kind of traditional notebook and pen. But if you are looking for the basics, I suggest an A5 kind of dotted notebook because then you can create lots of different types of spreads rather than very traditional um, grids and tables. But any size notebook will do. I've seen people create them from kind of big A4 notebooks. People have used uh, small kind of traveler's size notebooks for more kind of just basics. Up to you what you want to use. You can also use grid or even lined notebooks if you want just a very simple way to get started and you don't want to deal with the hugely decorative element of it if you just want to get into the practicalities. Again, everything is fine. My only recommendation is that no matter what type of uh, journal you pick in terms of size, I would recommend trying to go for something about 100 GSM kind of thickness, it'll say on the uh, journal itself or thicker. The reason I say that is whilst biros are fine on most types of paper, if you start incorporating kind of more colorful elements like highlighters or marker pens or anything that has kind of more ink to it, more fluid to it, it can leak through or kind of ghost through um, thinner paper. So as I say, no matter what journal you want to use, my big kind of recommendation from the get-go, pick a thickness of paper that is going to handle whatever you're going to throw at it. Speaking of designs, you can also use kind of various colored pens. Um, there are lots of lots of videos out there online with some brilliant ways to uh, kind of find the dupes from the really expensive coloring items. Or if you're wondering what types of items to use, highlighter wise, marker pen wise, acrylographs, whatever floats your boat. Um, there are lots of reviews out there. So I do recommend having a look at uh, these different reviews to figure out what's worth your money so you're not spending lots of your own time and money on tools that you're not going to use. I also recommend, um, obviously, as a teacher magpie, rulers, circle stencils, anything else that makes the drawing or measuring elements a bit easier. Most bullet journals, if they are dot-based, will have kind of a centimetre uh, per kind of square, per dot, uh, so it is nice and easy to measure out, but uh, obviously if you're wanting to add in a bit more decoration, if you want to do different styles of spreads that we'll talk about later, having a ruler at least will make that a lot easier. But if you have a very steady hand and like myself, then please feel free to have a go and do it freehand. That can create some really beautiful and kind of original looking uh, spreads and designs. Speaking of decorative elements, if you're not uh, an art A-level graduate like myself, then please feel free to use lots of different um, shortcuts out there. So many stickers or washi tape, which is like a decorative tape uh, that can stick to paper, but it isn't as um, adhesive as normal tape. So usually you can replace it and remove it. Um, also as well, any other uh, kind of highlighters or dot markers or things like that that make your life easier have a go and play around with it because that will be ultimately what you find most joy in. If you do enjoy doodling though, obviously pencils, pens, whatever system works for you, feel free to add as much or as little 
uh, as you want. The wonderful things I say about bullet journaling is that it is so flexible. And so if you are a bit more uh, creative or if you're looking for something very simplistic, you can adapt your journal to fit your own tastes. Uh, and there are people online, again, who have created um, like printables and things like that that you can literally download, print off, stick in as is. And that as well can cut down a lot of the um, time it takes to set up your journals. But again, up to you. Make it as you will. Nevertheless, I do want to emphasize that bullet journaling is all about you. If you want to start with a cheap journal, a black biro and a ruler so that you can kind of jump into it um, as you like, please feel free to do so. There is no shame in simplicity. And in fact, uh, for September, I'm going to actually keep it very simple because I know September is a very busy month, shall we say, for all teachers, uh, to put it politely. So I'm going to create a set of designs for September that are very simple, straightforward to set up while still creating a little bit of uh, colorful flair. Use whatever tools ultimately that will work for you. And if you're not sure, I do recommend starting simple and then kind of experimenting with different methods as you go along so that when you get a new bullet journal or you kind of graduate from one month to the next, you can then find your more preferred style and adapt in that way. So with that being said, we can start then moving on to our next section, which will be then applying the bullet system to teaching. So thinking about what spreads will work, what spreads we might want to avoid. It's time for a fresh start to language learning. Pearson Edexcel's new student-centered French, German and Spanish 2024 GCSEs cater to the needs of all learners, regardless of their background, ability or reason for studying. Rooted in learned language knowledge, their assessments are transparent and accessible, allowing all students to showcase their language skills. Through inclusive and relatable content, the new Pearson Edexcel MFL GCSEs build a shared cultural capital that helps students develop an understanding of and appreciation for the wider world. Find out more at go.pearson.com forward slash MFL GCSE 24. So, hopefully you've been persuaded or at the very least you're a bit more curious about the idea of bullet journaling and what that might entail. So how can teachers take this system and tweak it and make it work for them? What uh, features should they include? What would I recommend maybe avoiding? What are some that you might be tempted by and might want to try out but we'll see how it goes. So generally as kind of a rule of thumb Teachers can use bullet journals to do a variety of different tasks. Um, and so kind of a short list here, you can use uh, bullet journals to keep track of and tick off tasks to complete on any given day. So if you're looking for something to contain all your to-do lists rather than having separate jobs on post-it notes all around your computer screen, then absolutely a bullet journal would be a fantastic way to condense all that and make it clearer what you need to get done on any given day. It can also be used as a calendar to track school events and meetings. I found it particularly useful in terms of a calendar, seeing where my kind of crunch periods are, when I've had you know, detention duties, alongside break duties, a parent's evening, uh, a mock setting day, and then obviously having to mark those mocks. Seeing when you've got lots of events in a single week or over a fortnight makes it much easier then to um, plan around it and kind of incorporate the busyness into your everyday life and say no to other jobs. You can also use bullet journals to set, monitor and record professional development goals. Um, I think this has been kind of a secret tool for teachers in terms of professional development. We've done so much of it. And yet whenever we're asked, what have you done? What would you like to do? It can be sometimes difficult to figure out what you need to do going forward or what you've already actually done in terms of events and training. And so it can be used as a professional development log uh, to record any kind of workshops, uh, workshops, workshops attended, books read and other CPD activities done kind of in and outside of school, which then can be used both obviously personally or professionally. You can also use it to keep track of le uh, lessons taught. So you can do it either via kind of a generic timetable or as um, kind of a lesson checklist, which I found has been really useful, especially 
uh, it was kind of a godsend for me, if I'm being honest, when I had a split class or two uh, last year. And so when I had to try and explain to teachers or catch up with other members of staff, where is this class? What have they done? What do they need to do next? Having that list and having that record in a bullet journal meant that I could access that information at any time, which was brilliant. Avoided a lot of confusion, avoided so much overlap, and it meant then I could just jump into my lessons with those split classes without having to waste five, ten minutes at the start, figure out where they are and getting things prepped. They can also act as event planners. So uh, planning my kind of first big solo trip uh, for the entirety of our year 10 cohorts uh, just gone this year, I had to organise a trip to uh, Stokes Castle. And so trying to organize everything that I needed to do, the different uh, checklists and deadlines, making sure that I had completed all the uh, forms like the risk assessments and things like that. Having this kind of organizational tool where I could write everything I needed to know down, tick things off as I went along, review and reflect, uh, was made that element so much more uh, handled, much more stress-free, which was brilliant. I cannot stress enough how important uh, that tool was for me last year. It can also be used to plan lessons and units. So um, you may have heard the term Kanban board, where it's been used to uh, kind of go through repeated cycles and uh, kind of measure where you are at a different point without having to draw out the same tables over and over again. If that's something that you're having to do, say plan a new scheme of work from scratch, having that um, monitoring system, that checklist, without having to write out the same things for every single lesson, might be something uh, you'd be interested in using. You can use it to track student progress grades and homework, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, you can use it to reflect on kind of your teaching through kind of a traditional journal. So if that is something you are considering doing or are already doing, uh, that might be a way to incorporate uh, those spreads and those ideas into your bullet journal so it's all in one place. And also can be used to just simply take notes. Um, I have something called kind of a notes page or a brain dump where it's been brilliant for those meetings where there's 101 things at the very start before it gets into kind of the CPD of notices and uh, reminders for the next week or two. Having my bullet journal there to make a couple of notes meant that I didn't have to try and store that in my head. And again, anything that's not stored in your head makes your mind a lot clearer and makes your day go a bit smoother. So would recommend obviously a bullet journal because it is so versatile. There are so many different uses for it. And the reason why it's so flexible is because it can be adapted in any single way. So if there are some ideas there that you think, perfect, that's exactly what I need uh, my day-to-day -day planner to do and it's not able to do that for me, bullet journaling might be for you. So what are some excellent spreads that you might be looking for? What should you avoid and what uh, might I kind of recommend with an addendum? So for clarity, and this is going to get me into good habits when I've got to explain uh, various parts of history to year seven, so I'm glad to have the practice. Uh, I'm going to try and concisely explain a couple of the main terms used in bullet journaling so that when I kind of inevitably sp uh, slip back into using these technical terms, you know what I mean. So when I talk about kind of a bullet journal or even the term Bujo that you might have seen around, um, that's a term for the notebook itself. Obviously, Bujo is just a shortened version of bullet journal. So if you hear those two words, it means the same thing, the notebook itself. Uh, the bullet journal system is the idea of combining lots of ideas and designs into your journal and uh, using that to help support you day to day for planning and organization. Uh, so that's the kind of difference between the two. The final um, kind of key term to talk about today is the term spreads. You may have heard me use it obviously so far throughout the show. In essence, they are kind of two page layouts, uh, for example, like a monthly calendar that is kind of a specific design for a specific purpose. So calendar spread might be a spread obviously to track what you're doing on different days. Uh, a weekly spread might be talking about what you're doing that week, for example. So what spreads would I recommend and not recommend for teachers? So I'm going to start off with the positives, things that I absolutely would recommend following on with then some ideas that I might recommend uh, to some people and why some others might not feel they're suitable. And then some uh, spreads that I would actively avoid using 
uh, if you can in your bullet journals. So, yes, positives. Future log is my first spread idea. A future log is a two-page spread used to record future events, usually between four to 12 months ahead of schedule. So in essence, you would split your page, potentially obviously into four or uh, into six if you're doing six months, or if you're very brave into 12 months, you might need uh, a couple of extra pages for that. And I find this spread is great for recording then events that are happening in each month for the foreseeable future. So it is perfect, obviously, with our school terms or our year calendars, where you've got all those dates and events in one spreadsheet, some which may apply to you, some may not, and others that um, may apply for some classes and not for others. Having it all at a glance in your bullet journal is so useful in terms of figuring out, as I say, when you see the crunch period. So when you say, oh, okay, first half term is going to be relatively stress-free. I mean, we wish, right? Um, but also as well, um, you might say that actually half term two is where it gets very busy. So I need to now balance out, um, obviously, my workload in half term one so that it is easier for me to manage that second half term because that's where it's going to get very busy. And obviously, in terms of a monthly calendar, that's harder to do because obviously our half terms cover multiple months. So in terms of those responsibilities, you've got the work side there. But also future logs can be used to record uh, events outside of uh, our working lives. So family birthdays, parties, social events, um, anything that you have as kind of an outside responsibility or an outside social uh, event can also be added to your future log. Again, if you know there's an important birthday coming up, you may decide to go, look, I'm saying no to this uh, task at this point, this responsibility, because I need to focus on this. Um, and that way, then you know what you can say yes to enthusiastically, what you have to turn down. And that hopefully helps to keep the kind of work-life balance a bit more balanced is the hope. In terms of um, other kind of future spreads that you can use, as I say, your monthly, weekly and daily logs as a spread. And I've split these into kind of our monthly and then our kind of weekly and daily just to make it a bit easier because both have very distinct uses. And so I don't want to kind of conflate the two where possible. So monthly calendars, great for kind of more short term planning. I say short term with a month, but you know what I mean. And it's very useful for keeping track of important dates. So birthdays, social events, parents evening, CPD, weekly meetings, extracurriculars, etc. And it's also a great way to kind of see the bigger picture without being overwhelmed. So you know when you're going to be busy, but you're not worrying about five, six, seven weeks ahead. You're just worried about the next four. And this can uh, absolutely be adapted into a half term calendar if you feel the monthly calendars aren't suitable. But I really like including uh, a monthly calendar because as a very kind of traditionalist, I used to have a physical calendar in my house with lots of different dates. It's at a glance, everything I need for the foreseeable future. And it prevents me from overbooking myself and uh, adding in lots of events for two, three weeks time, knowing that I'm going to be very busy. So it does help with that work-life balance and making things a little bit more uh, doable on a week by week basis. So speaking of the weeks, our weekly and daily logs are very more traditional to do lists, but they can be customized. And I mean that in terms of design. So you can design these to be kind of vertical or horizontal boxes, columns, time blocked calendar like a Google calendar or just a simple kind of checklist with a list of what days you're doing these events on. The choice is completely yours and I've tried all of them. Um, in a sense, not at the same time, obviously, but trying lots of these different uh, styles has allowed me to figure out what works best for me and speaking to other people within this kind of community, using different methods that work for them, what they see is more readable or easy to understand at a glance um, is obviously very useful and uh, allows that flexibility that we're looking for in teaching. I have also, this is a bit of an extra kind of tip, I've tried something called the Alastair method, which is basically one big to-do list with the days of the week uh, kind of horizontally at a column at the top. And in a separate column, I've listed all the tasks for that week. And all you need to do is within each day on that row, if I'm, for example, doing staff briefing on a Tuesday, in the Tuesday column, I would just put a dot 
Um, and that would tell me on that day, I've got a staff briefing. If it gets done, cross it off with an X. If it gets moved, for example, uh, to a Thursday, SLT changes, it happens. Then draw an arrow to the th uh, Thursday kind of column. So I know that it's been moved to Thursday. And if it's been cancelled or I've not got round to it, uh, not attended, I might then leave that blank to know that I haven't got that done. Some people draw kind of circles around it to kind of emphasize that this is a task that hasn't been done, but obviously it's up to you. Now, I've found that's been really good for kind of an overall view. Um, so during weeks that are a bit quieter, potentially for like holiday weeks or uh, for weeks that are kind of the getting started into the half term rather than midway through, I found it's very useful. But when it is very busy, it can look a little bit um, overwhelming to see all your weekly tasks in one place. So again, that is uh, something that you might trial, see if it works for you. If not, as I say, vertical, horizontal, boxes, columns, checklists, whatever works best for you. I've also, uh, in weekly logs, uh, added timetables with the lessons I've taught. I did this weekly last year. Uh, I've changed it to kind of a front of the journal kind of index, just so it's all in one place. But uh, when I tried it last year, having that timetable alongside my weeklies was really helpful in terms of figuring out what I was doing each day. I didn't have to write in all the lessons I was teaching uh, in my dailies. And as well, it meant that if I did have a member of staff ask me what's, I don't know, year seven done on Tuesday period four, I can tell them, right, Tuesday period four, we looked at the Black Death, uh, looking at causes. Uh, and they go, right, brilliant. This is where I'm at with this class. We'd talk for a bit. And it was easy then to get that information across and kind of get to the crux of the conversation without me having to kind of go back through lessons and PowerPoints and all sorts of technological nonsense. So I do recommend adding in timetables either at the front or throughout your journal to make things a bit easier. Also, um, weekly spreads with kind of daily to-do lists are a great traditional elements that I've kind of kept in my journals because it is easy then to kind of split up what I'm doing with my days, taking all those weekly tasks and making it a bit more comprehensive rather than overwhelming myself with a long list of jobs for the week and not knowing when or how I'm going to get it all done. So in terms of obviously planning uh, logs, as I say, you've got your monthlies, your weeklies and your dailies. Whether you use all three or very few, it is entirely up to you. You can also use lesson checklist spreads. And as I say, I've absolutely loved these. Having an idea of the topics I've covered each week, uh, having these as separate spreads this year, hopefully will be a nice fun way to um, have everything in one spot without overwhelming my weekly planning pages with all the jobs as well as all the lessons. Very useful as well for teachers of split classes or of teachers who have to teach multiple subjects. Having clearly uh, listed what you're teaching and when and what topics you've covered can make planning and prep work uh, a lot easier in the mornings or in the afternoons. Now, something that not a lot of obviously teacher planners include um, at the moment, there are some that have begun to include it, but goals and habit trackers pages or spreads are, I think, a really useful tool for teachers. Um, both for within the classroom and outside of the classroom uh, that I really would recommend adding to your bullet journal. So one of the great things about a bullet journal is that it can be more holistic uh, as a tool rather than just kind of a work-based tool. Um, so incorporating pages related to your goals, it could be professional goals, it could be, uh, for example, reaching uh, a certain milestone in your career or a certain TLR, or if you're mentoring someone, Having that as a page, as a goal, would be wonderful. But also outside of lessons as well, having um, goals that help benefit you remind you to kind of take care of yourself and value yourself as well, not just as a teacher, but also as kind of a well-rounded person, which sometimes we can forget, especially when there's a whole pile of exams or books to mark and we have to kind of just narrow vision, tunnel vision our way through whatever tasks we've got to get done that day. So for example, um, I've managed to become a lot better at drinking more water throughout the day because I added in the habit um, throughout my weeklies of drinking two liters of water a day. And checking that off each day and knowing that I would be checking that off each day kind of kept me accountable and made sure that I drank more water, I felt more refreshed in lessons, I was taking proper breaks because I wasn't 
kind of just running on empty at the end of the day. I was making sure that I was taking water and not uh, running my voice ragged. I've also added that obviously to other habits in terms of exercise and reading. Um, Again, that could be work-related books. It could be educational books. So many great ones out there. Or it could just be reading for pleasure, reading for fun. And in essence, it gives a bit of positivity to each day as I kind of tick off these smaller goals and smaller habits and reach these larger, more important goals of being healthier or maintaining a balance or getting back into a hobby that I've been desperately trying to find time for. And I think this year I'm going to add in um, a couple of habits that obviously for teachers are always the big dream, but never really get done. So, for example, not taking work home with me to try and have a healthier work-life balance. And I will update you uh, in later podcasts to see how that one goes. So do feel free to keep checking in every fortnight. uh, And I will happily talk about what habits are sticking and what habits I might need to adapt. And again, because this is a journal you can adapt, you can try a few habits one month, adapt it, write these habits I haven't stuck to or I'm not really caring about. I will just focus on these or actually... I really want to focus on this new habit and I want to incorporate it into my uh, general routine. You can do that on a month by month basis or a week by week basis. You don't have to wait for New Year's Day to kind of reinstate these resolutions and reinstate these habits. You have a fresh start every single week. Um, Another tool that you could add in, another spread, uh, is a homework tracker. Now, I don't mean the kind of traditional um, list of names. Have they done the homework? Um, ticking them off as they go along because GDPR amongst other things, but also it's a faff to write in lots of names, if I'm being honest. Um, but I mean, it's in terms of a very clear spread for, uh, have I made the homework? So if I made the quizzes for year seven, have I then set the homework via uh, the portals that you can use? Um, have I then checked the homework, made sure it's been completed? Have I added in rewards and sanctions where relevant? And keeping it uh, that kind of simple structure of just have I done the basics? Yes, obviously, those different tasks will take different amounts of time, but hopefully that will help me incorporate homework more regularly and making sure that I am checking every week, making sure that it is a goal on my list because I know how important it is. And I know that's a huge goal for the school generally in terms of it's uh, my school's development plan. So making sure that I'm then using that data better. Uh, because I've made it more important by adding it into my journal, I get to then use that data to better update my teaching. And in particular, I want to try and incorporate the homework into retrieval practice starters. So if I've noticed in the quizzes, two or three questions that students across the class have kind of um, either misunderstood or they've kind of tripped up or they've not read it carefully enough and made silly mistakes, adding that into my retrieval practice starters to then Uh, kind of acknowledge those misconceptions and address it with the class is going to be a really great way to improve my teaching and make sure that I am making homework more useful for these students and engaging um, with the homework and with the students in a really positive way and a much more fulfilling way. Also, as our last kind of definites to include, I have included here a self-care or physical mental health tracker page. Um, I suggest doing these as bingo grids because I like kind of gamifying uh, my goals and I find it's much more fun to try and achieve a set of goals and challenges than it is telling myself I have to take care of my physical and mental health. But it's something that, again, teachers don't normally think about uh, when it comes to planning. It's kind of planning to take care of themselves. We cannot be uh, the best teachers we can be if we're running on empty, if we're not um, kind of filling up our own cup first to then pour out from there. So I think it is really important that we think about our physical and mental health as teachers. And that can be in terms of trackers, having a look at sleep quality or the amount of sleep we have. Uh, If you take any medications, making sure you've got a regular habit tracker for that. So that way you can keep on top of these. Anything about um, entering a more healthy weight, whether that's obviously gaining or losing weight. Uh, I know my partner, for example, is kind of trying to Uh, beef up a bit at the gym. So he's looking at incorporating kind of um, protein trackers as well into his kind of day-to-day life. But it can also be for things like sugar um, or things that you want to cut down on. 
And that can as well be not just for the physical health, but then leading into your mental health trackers, having things like mood reflections, uh, journal reflections to check, obviously, your good days, where things go wrong. And sometimes uh, I've seen people connect the two via their trackers. So having uh, a mood tracker with a sleep tracker and going, well, when I don't get enough sleep, I have a terrible day the next day. Um, And that even that kind of simplistic approach can really help people take more ownership Um, of their physical and mental health and use that to improve themselves um, and improve kind of their day-to-day outside of the classroom as well. Um, It's also as well in terms of mental health, and I'm incorporating this into my own bullet journal actually this this year, is having kind of a positive events section in my journal. So making sure that I've got a spot to talk about the positives that we find. So I know with teaching, we have those gems of moments with students, uh, these really positive or funny interactions, which can absolutely make our day. And rather than waiting for uh, kind of the end of year, if you're looking for kind of presents or thank yous or cards, sometimes it's nice just having a little list at the end of each week of positive interactions or things that you handled really well. So if there was a student who uh, was having huge kind of a behavioral issue. Say for example, in primary school, a student's having a bit of a kind of a tantrum, they're you know starting to lose it a scooch. Having obviously saying that you made a note, well, I handled that incredibly professionally. I've got that student to calm down, to reevaluate, to self-regulate. And I'm really proud actually that that may have been a really negative moment, but I handled that incredibly well. And I think having those moments to reflect on our teaching and not just looking for the ways to improve, but also to celebrate when we get it right and when we're improving and learning is a really good positive moment for our journals and for us generally. And whilst I understand that obviously people have different goals and different interests, that may not be a huge spread for them, but maybe incorporating a couple of habits that do address uh, kind of our physical and mental health may be something that you're thinking about. And obviously there are loads of different styles and patterns out there online that suit all types of personalities, interests, and approaches to these sorts of things. So my next kind of shorter list is just looking at the maybe pages, what you might want to include, what you might want to leave out. So for example, our month intro pages, I kind of use them as kind of a glorified um, kind of introduction. It's just a way to incorporate a bit of pretty pictures and some pretty art at times. Um, And these pages are great for those who have that creative outlet and want to use their journal as a way to um, express their creativity, express their artistic skills. And it does come a bit uh, with a time commitment. So this is why it's kind of on the maybe, because whilst uh, you may love adding in a bit of decoration, a beautiful picture you've um, drawn or something you found that you think is really beautiful, or kind of collages, things like that, it can uh, obviously come with a bit of extra time needed to set it up. So if it's something that you think it's a nice idea, but ultimately I just want to use the bullet journal for the practical elements of it. I want to keep the focus on the journal, on the lists, on the jobs, on what I need to get done. Then maybe a month intro page isn't quite for you. You can kind of jump into your month by looking at the calendar rather than uh, kind of a nice, beautifully decorated intro page. But if you are artistically inclined, please feel free to incorporate that. I find it's a lovely way to get a bit of art into my uh, weekly schedule. And it's always been something that I've enjoyed, uh, especially looking back at different journals, seeing how my skills have kind of improved and developed over uh, several months. You may also want to include resource lists. So for teachers, you may have uh, teaching tools that you've found, books or websites that you've absolutely loved and you want to make a note of. So that way, then, if you need to go back to it, you know what you're looking for, especially good for websites. But again, um, some people might not want to have a spread for this, a physical spread for this, because obviously online there are lots of different um, kind of digital methods to store all these websites, favorites pages, um, obviously uh, bookmarks, things like that. Now, normally, obviously, I wouldn't really include uh, kind of a CPD page, but seeing how many tabs I have opened up my computer um, at any one time, it's bordering on 101 at this point. So uh, I am actually considering adding it into my journal this year. But again, it's a maybe page. If you want to take the time to add that in, feel free. If you think actually a digital bookmark of pages is much more convenient, then you might want to stick to the digital rather than the physical. 
lesson planner spreads are something I've seen online uh, in terms of listing different lessons, the objectives, materials, the different activities, etc. And whilst these are absolutely lovely to look at in terms of the detail, uh, they may be more trouble than they're worth. So if you have a scheme of work that you've used since the year dot, since you enter the school, it works great, just needs minor tweaks each uh, time you use it, then it might not be something uh, that you want to include in your journal because why include a list of activities, lessons and details that you're actually never going to look at again? It's extra efforts that you don't need to include and you can use that time elsewhere. However, if you want to trial out a new scheme of work or a one-off lesson and you want to have a look at um, how it might work or you might want to have a record of it. So if it does work incredibly well, you can jump back to that page and figure out obviously what worked really well, what you might want to tweak, uh, whether it's worth trashing the whole idea and starting from scratch. Having those uh, options and having that reflective element of the bullet journal might be something you are interested in with those pages. Um, in terms of the final maybe page, uh, there's also a finance tracker. Now, I have seen a few jokes online from teachers who said they're looking forward to September just so they can stop the summer shopping. Uh, please feel free to add in the chat if that is you. I know I've been a bit guilty of that this summer, but if tracking your finances and your spending is something you're interested in, then there are lots of different types of trackers to add to your bullet journal in terms of uh, measuring income, outgoings, what you're spending on, fixed and variable spending, all that jazz. Although my only hesitancy with recommending this as a page is that um, ultimately, obviously, this is a very private part of your life, obviously your finances. And if you're taking this bullet journal into school, or if you're leaving it around your uh, classroom, hopefully not everywhere around your classroom, but um, then having this private information may not be um, something you want in your bullet journal, obviously in case somebody else sees it. But if it's something that is going to be mostly kept at home, then you might want to include these sorts of spreads. Now, in terms of the no posters and the no spreads that I would not recommend, um, these are ones that I would disagree with including in your bullet journal just based on personal experience. If you disagree with me, please do let me know in the chat because I do like to hear other people come up with different ways around making spreads that aren't traditionally very effective actually work. And I'm more than happy to uh, be inspired by different ideas here. So in terms of what I wouldn't include, lots of media consumption pages. And what I mean by that is having a different page in your spread, looking at films, books, video games, TV shows, podcasts, playlists, all the different uh, forms of media you could consume and having a page for everything that you've looked at or you want to look at um, in your journal. Now, sometimes a page or two of these can be really useful, uh, especially with more films coming out lately. Um, and that can be really good for cultivating kind of a hobby, especially if you've got like a book club that you want to keep an eye out, uh, obviously for the different books you're reading and review those regularly. But ultimately, um, what I found with these pages is that that turns into a glorified list of what you've done or a half finished page of what you started doing and then kind of gave up on. So ultimately, I would recommend avoiding using lots and lots of media consumed pages. And whilst there are some beautiful designs out there, keeping it to ultimately, what are you using this bullet journal for? Why am I using this? And is this spread helping me achieve the goal and the purpose that I've got for this bullet journal? If it is, and it's helping you, uh, for example, develop a hobby, add it in, but odds are it's not going to be useful if you're having five or six or you know seven or eight different pages just dedicated to different media that you're consuming. Um, any kind of fancy pen or washi tape or tester, uh, sticker testing pages, save those for the back of the journal or don't bother at all. Experiment with the bullet journal itself. Don't waste time there. And the final thing I would say is also avoiding adding in lots of habits or grade trackers. Now, Logging student grades and monitoring progress is great, but I would recommend using um, a spreadsheet, a digital version, especially because lots of schools are now expecting digital versions to be able to share around uh, with different staff, especially when it comes to mock seasons. Um, but also with GDPR potentially being an issue, having lots of student names in a physical journal can pose some concerns. 
Also, it's just a lot of faff, as I say, setting up a journal with student names, especially if uh, students leave or join your class, you've got to add those in. And ultimately, this is a system that is meant to reduce your workload, not add to it. So I'd suggest scrapping any grade tracker pages and using it for an extra CPD page or a self-care spread memories page or something more fun or more useful um, that you might find more uh, efficient for you instead. So overall, what I would say is that you should add any spreads that make your life easier. You should also add any spreads that make uh, the setup very easy to complete. You don't want anything taking lots of time and you want something that's easy to maintain. You don't want something that is going to be great to set up once, but then an absolute nightmare to get sorted after that. So make sure that you are using what works best for you. And if you ever have any kind of mistakes that you need to fix, my three go-to tips, uh, Tipex or whiteout tape to cover up any uh, phrases or decoration that hasn't quite worked, um, sticking pages together and pretending it's just not happened, or adding a little bit of extra decoration over some uh, kind of poorly measured out lines or a doodle that hasn't quite gone right, a sticker will save a lot of those problems. So no mistake can be um, kind of left to it. You can always undo these things. And so I would recommend being bold, trying lots of different spreads and seeing what works best for you. But those are some of my recommendations there. So ultimately, in terms of uh, bullet journaling itself, the only things I would recommend in terms of keeping in mind is that like not GCSE and A-level, bullet journaling can be very time consuming. So setting up and maintaining a detailed journal can be very time intensive. Um, so what I would recommend to kind of mitigate that is setting some time aside each night, so 30 minutes to an hour, or just having an afternoon or an evening per week to update your journal uh, to make sure that it becomes a tool to help you rather than a tool that you are kind of enslaved to and you've got to keep going back and try and fix and add and add and add. Keeping it manageable is going to be your greatest tool there. It's also uh, not something you have to focus too much on aesthetics. If you want to keep it simple, please feel free. Uh, YouTube and TikTok and everything else can make your designs feel less than because obviously you've got people spending hours upon hours upon these designs. Um, you don't have to obviously spend that time. This is your system. You make it work for you and you absolutely include anything that you need uh, and leave out anything that you don't. That is a huge tip. Um, there are lots of shortcuts available in washi tape, designs, printables, anything at all. It is your journal after all. You make it work for you. So ultimately, if you do want to use um, some alternatives, you can obviously get into digit bullet, uh, digital bullet journaling, I should say. Uh, so there are lots of great apps um, that have pre-made spreads if you want to try something um, a bit more uh, kind of static for the moment to try and get your hand in it. But again, obviously, I really like the physicality of having a physical journal and adding to that each week and using the reflectiveness of a bullet journal to kind of review and improve. Um, but again, this is a system that is meant to be flexible. So use whatever works best for you, as always. So finally, why use a bullet journal? This ultimately is an amazing system and I absolutely love it because it addresses so many elements, um, not just of my personality and my approach uh, to kind of work, but also to my home life. It's a tool that encompasses everything. I can use the strip, uh, bullet journal system to be more productive at work by being more realistic with what I can achieve and focusing my mind with kind of a clear task list rather than a bunch of post-it notes around my computer screen. Um, it's also a brilliant tool for introspection. I'm reflecting on my work, uh, my teaching methods, and also my home life, and figuring out what is working, what isn't, and how to be then more intentional when I allocate time to different tasks, so I can focus on saying yes to the tasks and the jobs in and out of school that I want to do, and also then um, turning down different responsibilities if it's going to be adding unnecessarily to my workload and not helping me improve um, going forward. It's also um, been a great help outside of the classroom. So as I've talked about with different habit trackers and making that balance in my life, 
this has been a really important tool to help me with that. And after all, as I've said, the best teachers are the ones that are fully 100% ready for the job and able to fire on all cylinders. And you can't do that if you are overworking yourself and uh, pushing yourself too much. So finally, I cannot emphasize enough how versatile a bullet journal is and how it's one of its biggest strengths over other traditional planners. And while it may seem kind of complex initially, it is something that can fit each person's style and adapt to each individual's personality and interests. So this system absolutely can work for everyone and anyone. And because of planners having so many one size fits all approaches, it's lovely that we can adapt with these uh, tools like the bullet journal system. And wouldn't it be nice for once in teaching to have something so important to our lives in and out of the classroom that is truly personalized to us as an individual. So thank you very much uh, for tuning in this week and to watch my debut show um, as kind of the last one of the month, I should say. And then obviously moving forwards uh, into September, I cannot wait to start talking about lots of different other topics that are maybe topics you might not think about when it comes to teaching. Uh, it'll be great to see you in a fortnight's time for my next show. So obviously do keep an eye out on social medias and make sure you keep an eye out for more details. In the meantime, take care and I'll see you next time. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.